On today's program, I'm talking about the revived Roman Empire in Bible prophecy. I'm also talking about the International Criminal Court's decision to prosecute Israel for war crimes, and I'll be answering your questions. I'm Jimmy Evans. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. Hey, welcome. I'm going to be talking about the revived Roman Empire in uh, Bible prophecy. But let me also say, we have EXO now. This is our subscription platform. We have tons of material on there. Marriage resources, my sermon material, Dave and Ashley Willis. We also have the 21-day inner healing journey and the 21-day total freedom journey. Part of EXO now, it's $9 a month. However, uh, if you're interested in subscribing, we're going to give you a 25% discount. Just go on 21dayjourney.com forward slash tipping point in the promo code there, just put tipping point, you'll get a 25% discount. You can go through the inner healing journey, the total freedom journey. You can look at all the material there. And by the way, these are these are resources now that pre-COVID, you know, thousands of people have been going through the 21 day journeys. But if you've been struggling, you know, COVID, a lot of people that were struggling a little bit uh, before COVID are really struggling now. These are resources that will set you free. I believe it will change your life. It changed my life because both of the 21-day journeys that I that I did, um, these are things that have helped me. This is my own journey in telling my own story about how Jesus set me free and he healed me of the just the scars that I had brought from my past. That's something that interests you, 21dayjourney.com forward slash tipping point. Let me talk about the revived Roman Empire and Bible prophecy. And what I've been doing on this series of programs I'm just talking about the geopolitical makeup of the world that we're living in today. And I'm looking at it from the perspective of if you were living 2,000 years ago, 2,500 years ago, and someone said to you, tell me exactly what the world is going to be like 2,500 years from now. I mean, think about that right now. As quickly as the world is changing today, imagine that I said to you, tell me what things are going to be like. 2,500 years from now, 2,000 years from now. I mean, it, it would just, you know, it, it blows your mind. You look at Star Trek, you look at all the movies about, you know, outer space and all the intergalactic federations and all that stuff. Is that what it's going to look like? Okay. But imagine for just a minute that I was so smart, or maybe I was spiritually enlightened, that I told you exactly what it's going to look like thousands of years from now. Be pretty special. That's exactly what the Bible does. The Bible is such a unique book. Bible prophecy is so incredibly powerful because thousands of years ago, looking forward, God inspired the prophets of old to tell us exactly the way the world would be and what was going to happen. It's so comforting. The, the, the purpose of Bible prophecy is comfort, is to enlighten us and to comfort us that our God is in control. The only one who can foretell the future is the one who controls it. Okay. We have the only book in the world that foretells the future thousands of years in advance. So let me talk about, I've talked about China, I've talked about Iran, I've talked about America, I've talked about uh, a lot of different places. Let me now talk about the revived Roman Empire. So this is Daniel, the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel is one of the most respected books in the Bible, based on history and also based on prophecy, tons of end times prophecy in the book of Daniel. So this is Daniel 9, where Gabriel comes to Daniel, and he's telling him about the future of Israel and the world. This is Daniel 9, 26. 
Now, by the way, when it says weeks here, it's talking about weeks of years, okay? It's the word Shabuah. And so it doesn't mean a week of days. It could be. In this context, it means a week of years. 490 years are being prophesied in total from that time until the very end. This is what it says. After the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now, this is very important because the city and the sanctuary were destroyed in AD 70. And Gabriel is telling Daniel here, the Antichrist, the prince who is to come is the Antichrist. The people of the prince, the prince is going to belong to a, a geopolitical group. And this is where the Antichrist will come at the end. It says, the end of it shall be with the flood until the war until the end of the war, desolations are determined. Then he, the Antichrist, will confirm a covenant with many for one week. The tribulation begins when the Antichrist confirms a covenant with Israel. That's the many here for seven years, one week. This is how we know the last seven years are happening. It says, uh, but in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. So there's a ton in this right here. So the people of the prince, there's going to be 69 weeks. It'll be 62 weeks and seven weeks, which is 483 years. It happened exactly. And I've already done a program on that. So I'm not going to go into detail on that. Exactly historically, 483 of the 490 years have been exactly fulfilled. We have seven years left, and that's the tribulation. And the tribulation begins when the Antichrist confirms a covenant with Israel, okay? What it says here is the people of the prince who is to come, they're going to destroy the city and the sanctuary. Well, did that happen? It happened in AD 70. The Roman general Titus, who later became the emperor of Rome, he came with a Roman legion, killed over a million Jews, destroyed the city of Jerusalem, destroyed the Temple Mount and the, the temple on the Temple Mount, and took the rest of the Jews he hadn't killed captive into in all the nations, okay, scattered them around the world. Okay, so the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Those were the Romans. So if you ask a person today, well, who are the Romans or where is the Roman Empire? A lot of people would say Europe is the European Union. Well, that's partially correct. But if you look at, you know, if you go online or you look in your history book or whatever, the Roman Empire during Jesus' day was Europe what we would know as the European Union. But it also included a, a lot of the Middle East, including Israel. Remember, Israel was un, under Roman occupation and Northern Africa. There was a ring there uh, of contiguous territory that the Romans uh, controlled. So here's what this means. The Antichrist could be a European. He could be a Muslim. Or he could be a Jew. Now, I've heard cases made of, you know, different people saying, well, the Antichrist is going to be a Jew and the Antichrist is going to be this. Well, let me make a case that the, that the Antichrist is going to be a Muslim. And so if you ask me the question, do I believe that the Antichrist is Muslim? I would say, I think there's a good case to be made. Now, Joel Richardson, and I'm, I'll be interviewing Joel Richardson. You're going to see those interviews this summer. But Joel Richardson is one of my favorite authors on that subject. And he talks about the Islamic Antichrist. And he talks a lot about the Islamic uh, eschatology. Eschatology means study of the end times. And they very much believe that they have a Mahdi, they have a savior that is going to destroy Israel and usher in the end times. That This is a part of their eschatology. Iran 
the nation of Iran believes that Allah has called them to destroy Israel and to usher in the end times. And they have their own version of the Antichrist. They have they, All this stuff is, is already there. And I'll be talking to Joel Richardson about it. Let me read you a scripture. This is in Isaiah 10. And you're going to notice one of the titles of the Antichrist. Now, the, the Antichrist has dozens of titles, Old Testament, New Testament. John, the apostle John, is the only one who uses the term Antichrist. And it sticks because it's a good term. But he's also called the Assyrian. Four times in the Old Testament, the Antichrist is referred to as the Assyrian. Now, this is an end-time passage from Isaiah 10 talking about the regathering of Israel to the nation of Israel, which happened in 1948, the rise of the Assyrian who comes to oppress them for a brief period of time, and God's judgment on this Assyrian, Isaiah 10. It shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel and such as have escaped of the house of Jacob will never again depend on him who defeated them, but will depend on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. The remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. For though your people, O Israel, be as the sand of the sea, a remnant of them will return. The destruction decree shall overflow with righteousness, for the Lord God of hosts will make a determined end in the midst of all the land. This is the end. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts, O my people who dwell in Zion, do not be afraid of the Assyrian. He will strike you with a rod and lift up his staff against you in the manner of Egypt. For yet a very little while and the indignation will cease, as, my, as will my anger in their destruction. And the Lord of hosts will stir up a scourge for him like the slaughter of Midian at the rock of Oreb, as his rod was on the sea. So he will lift up in the manner of Egypt. So God is saying, Remnant of Jacob, you're going to come back. You're never going to depend on the nations that you came out of again. You're going to come back. But when you come back into your land, this Assyrian is going to come against you with a rod and with his staff, and he's going to oppress you for a very little while, like the Egyptians oppress you. But I'm going to come, and I'm going to destroy him, like in the days of Midian, where there was a total rout of the enemy. Okay, Isaiah 14. Here's another text where the Antichrist is called the Assyrian. This is Isaiah 14, 14. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so it shall come to pass, and as I have purposed, so it shall stand, that I will break the Assyrian in my land, and on my mountains tread him underfoot. Then his yoke shall be removed from them, and his burden removed from their shoulders. This is the purpose that is purpose. Listen, against the whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out over all the nations. For the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? Again, in Micah chapter 5, verses 5 and 6, the Assyrian, the Antichrist is referred to as Assyrian two more times. So he's going to come into the land. He's going to oppress them. And God says, this is all, this is the whole earth. This isn't just the Assyrian that's coming. This is a judgment against the whole earth. Remember, at Armageddon, when the Antichrist, the false prophet, when they come and they lead the armies of the world against Jerusalem, Jesus returns in Revelation 19, and this is also paralleled in Zechariah 14. Jesus re returns. He de de defeats them like the rout of Midian. He totally devastates them, throws Satan into the lake of fire, throws the, uh, in, in the bottomless pit, throws the Antichrist, the false prophet, alive into the lake of fire, defeats everybody else. So this is what this is talking about. And so it's interesting to me, of all of the titles that the Antichrist has, one of his titles is the Assyrian, and it's used four times in the Old Testament. Don't be afraid of this Assyrian. Now, now Syria that we see today, which is anti-Israel, to say the very least, wicked nation, 
Syria is just a part of the Assyrian Empire that existed uh, during that time. Because, uh, so I would say, um, doesn't mean that the Antichrist will come out of present-day Syria, though he could. Uh, he could come out of Damascus. He could come out of another area. But he could come out of that region in the Middle East that was Assyria. So I believe there's a good case to be made that the Antichrist it could be uh, the, he, the the Antichrist could be a Muslim. Let me read you one more scripture. This is Revelation 20. I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. It says this is the tribulation. Now think about the times that we're living in where capital punishment is very controversial in America. Many other parts of the world, capital punishment is very controversial even putting a person to death, period. This is saying you're beheaded during the tribulation. The Antichrist, his form of punishment to intimidate the world into worshiping him is, if you don't worship me, I'm going to behead you. That's the signature execution method of Muslims. It is still uh, legal in Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and Yemen. They still behead people in those nations right now, probably others also. And so I believe there's a pretty good case to be made that the Antichrist will be Muslim. Again, Joel Richardson will be with me. We'll be talking about this in detail. He's the smartest person I know on the subject. But here's, here's what I want to leave you with in this segment, and that is the area of the world that is going to rule the world in the end times is a revived Roman Empire. There's no doubt about it. In Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar had a vision of a head of gold, a breast of silver, hips of brass, legs of iron, and he saw the last world empire was feet with 10 toes of iron and clay mixed. This is the revived Roman Empire at the very end times. But I want to read you one scripture. This is Revelation 13. Um, and this, again, comes from language from the book of Daniel. This is the Antichrist. I, I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having, having seven heads and 10 horns. And on his horns, 10 crowns. Okay, this is the 10 toes, the 10 nations, or, or 10... Uh, ruling bodies that the Antichrist rules through. And on his head, 10 crowns. And on his head's a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear. His mouth was the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded and his deadly wound was healed. This is why some people believe the Antichrist will be killed and come back to life. And all the world marveled and all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshiped the dragon, that's Satan, who gave his authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months, three and a half years. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. That is the abomination of desolation, three and a half years into the tribulation. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Okay, this is in the church. The church is never mentioned in the tribulation chapters in the, in the in book of Revelation. These are Christians who are getting saved. These are people who are being saved during the tribulation. And the Antichrist has the ability to overcome them. Authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. So we see here now, geopolitically again, that the region of the world that is going to be, I'm going to say, 
the most anti-Jew and the most anti-Christian is a revived Roman Empire. Now, Europe as a whole is not not a very Christianized. There, there are Christians there, obviously, but it's very secular. But when you look at the Middle East, this is this is a group of people, the Muslim world, who are very much against Israel and very much against Christianity. Uh, Iran being the lead of the of that pack, and so just as the Bible said, we see the Assyrian could very well rise out of the Muslim world today and come against Israel and rule the world as the Antichrist. Am I saying it's going to happen? It could. I think there's a good case to be made for it. But again, what the Bible said would happen at the end is happening at the end in that region of the world. If you're not a subscriber, I'm about to say goodbye to you because we're going into the second part of our program here. And this is for subscribers only. I want you to be a subscriber. Go on and subscribe to endtimes.com, $7 a month. $77 a year. If you're not a subscriber, I'll see you next time. If you are a subscriber, stay tuned.